On this episode of Wherever It Takes Us, David and I continue our conversation with author and coach Robert Althaus. This part of the conversation gets a little more personal as Robert shares how this journey has impacted his family and his relationship with his children. He also shares some of the practices that he uses to stay centered. This is Wherever It Takes Us, a podcast about everything. I'm Kim Moran, a life coach, mom, horse enthusiast, and entrepreneur. I'm David Codney, a dad, an explorer, an artist, and a lost soul. We've come together because we're curious about life, what it means to be human, how and why things are the way they are, and most importantly, why no one talks about this stuff in real and meaningful ways. Join us each week as we dive into things that we're not supposed to say out loud. We're not experts, but we're real people. You know, knowing, knowing what you know now, and this is such a basic question, but I'm actually, I'm really interested to hear your side, knowing what you know now, the journey that you've been through, you know, do you think you would do it over the way that it's happened? And I know you, you feel everything happens for a reason. There's a divinity and and everything that you've said already. You're are, you're at the place you need to be where you're at knowing all of that. Do you wish you could do it over? in a different way. I, I, I totally understand the question, but I, I literally cannot answer that because I, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm just an accumulation of everything that happened in my life. And you know, that process is still ongoing. So, um, yeah, would I, would I go back and would I rather not have the sleepless nights and, you know, laying like uh, in the fetus position, crying my eyes out or having at one point suicidal thoughts and things like that. Uh, would I like to omit those? Can I go back and erase those out of my life? Um, yeah, I mean, on a superficial level, maybe the answer would be yes. But on a deeper knowing level, these are my gifts now. Hmm. This is this is how I develop compassion. This is how I develop love. This is how I created an understanding that I believe is at a much higher level than where it was. And it's still not where it needs to be because there's room for me to go to. But, um, you know, I couldn't do what I'm doing today. I couldn't be the person. I couldn't show up the way I do unless I would have gone through those uh, dark moments. The, the darkness in our life is not punishment. The darkness is not, um, it's not even cruel. Like the universe is neutral on all this stuff. The, 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 we cannot experience the light un, unless we're willing to experience the dark. And the further we can experience and integrate the darkness, the shadow side within us, the higher we can ascend into the light. So whoever's going through a hard period or is really struggling or is trying to figure out their life or maybe going through a difficult breakup or, you know, these things actually bring us to a higher plan because it opens up different levels of understanding. And when we don't learn, they just repeat, right? And mm-hmm. we've all seen that in our life too. And when we refuse to le- to learn the lessons, they usually get a little stronger, and a little bit more profound over time <laughs> until we learn, until we grow, until we evolve. Now, I command anybody that works on themselves in whatever way Right, to move themselves to a different level, to change their life in the most positive way they can. Um, 
I think it's beautiful work, and I, I, you know, I commend everybody that works on on on, on and is committed to that path, whatever that looks like for them. Because you know, we're not all here to become Jesus Christ in this lifetime. Um, you know, we just we're just here to live our own unique experience and learn from that and gain from that and evolve. And we all are evolved, even when we seemingly are deep asleep. That's an experience too. And and where we're going with this world and what I would really, you know, I, I, I talk sometimes about this because my worry, not worry because I don't worry that much, but what I tell myself, right, because I have friends in Holland, for instance, that uh, I'm still in touch with. These are childhood friends. And, you know, they've been calling me all kinds of names the last two years and they think I'm a strange um, guy and you know why do I think all this stuff and this and that and I'm I'm like you know a part of me wants to be righteous and I almost want all this stuff to unfold the way I believe it's going to unfold and what's going to come up and then be able to say see I told you so but I told you so isn't very loving that's not very compassionate because you know wh- whatever bad experiences people are going to have from some of these things that have happened the last few years. Um, that means they've been harmed. That means they've been lied to. They are going to be in deep traumatic pain. We're going to see deep trauma as this affects families, not just the families that have been affected right now with people they lost in COVID or other things. But, you know, we're going to, and my belief is we're going to see a ripple effect of this. I mean, there are some kind of knock-on effect from taking these medicines that for some seem to be um, causing a lot of permanent damage or illness. And, when we see that come out, you know, can we be bigger than being right? And can we show up in love and compassion? Can we show up to those that were maybe asleep, that allowed themselves to be uh, lied to and manipulated, that didn't weren't looking for those other sources? Can we? Can we? How can we show up most loving and compassionate? Because if we can't do that, we're still not creating a different world. We're just repeating the cycle again. Yeah. It's just another party being righteous. Talk about um, your change in being a father with your awakening. You know, talk about your, just your parenting skill and the challenges yeah. that come up with that. Cause that's, that's an interesting for me personally, I have twin 11 year olds. Um, yeah. So I love to hear perspective on this stuff. So preach to me a little yeah. bit about this. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a beautiful question. Uh, well, first of all, I was a father in name before, and you know, I would, I was traveling a lot too, right? So I would kind of help on the weekends a little bit, but I wasn't really like my ex-wife quit her job and she was a full-time mom, and um, you know, she really was doing that part. So divorcing for me actually, I, I became a father in the divorce. Um, now she still does most of it, and my kids are as amazing as they are because she is a badass mom. She's a, an amazing mother. Uh, her fingerprints are much more on these kids than mine. Uh, I totally admit that, but I do have a little bit of influence. Uh, but we also have challenges. Like right now, you know, she's very pro-vaccine, and I, I, I care not that much for it. I care not at all for it when it comes to my <laughs> kids. And uh, and so, you know, we do have some of those kind of beautiful things. I try the best I can um, because, you know, she has philosophical, um, you know, a little bit of different understanding and different insights. Um, you know, she doesn't really share this, this spiritual view of the world that I have. And so I try to very slowly and expose them to it. Um, I try to incorporate in that 
Uh, and I try to just look at my own childhood and like, what would I have loved most from my father? Well, you know, I never got bear hugs. Uh, you know, it wasn't very um, motivational. I didn't give, I wasn't given a lot of thought freedom, I believe. Like I keep reminding my, my kids, like your job in high school and middle school um, is to figure out what you're passionate about in life. Like, I love your good grades, and they're actually all pretty good in school. But I said, I'm not nearly as interested in that as you finding your passion. Mm -hmm. And then when you find your passion, you know, I would be really, really inspired if you pursue your passion. So, you know, I try to kind of give him a little bit of a different view on life. Um, and I think we can do a lot with kids because they're very... Um, I mean, it's a tough world to grow up. I mean, first of all, these masks and the social isolation, you know, we're social animals. These kids should be running out and playing with each other. And now everybody's afraid of everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they've been scarred a little bit the last two years. And a lot, some of that, that, that childish freedom has been lost. Innocence has been lost, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, how can we recreate that? How can we uh, open them up for that? And then the other, the, the last thing is, um, you know, I have this little thing with my eight-year-old who actually took the divorce the hardest, and he was the youngest when we went through the divorce. Um, and I have this little thing with him, and I always ask him before he goes to bed, I said, what are you always? And he answers, safe and protected. Because that was the one thing I, I, I didn't really feel uh, from my father, even though I knew he was going to take care of me. But, you know, I never really felt safe and protected going into this world. And so, you know, I have this little thing with my little man, he's eight, and uh, it's just this little reminder. I'm trying to, like, put that in his mind that, you know, I'm always going to have your back, you know, uh, no matter what you do, you're always safe and protected. That's my job. And we only have them until they're 18, right? And then we release them into the world. So what, what kind of tools can we give them so they can go survive and find their, find their way in this world? How, how much of this book... Um, it's an interesting segue and thank you for this because when I read the book yesterday, the first half of the book seemed like it was a memoir almost to your children or your ex-wife, uh, because you haven't had that expression yet to them. So it almost seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it almost seemed like you're, you're laying everything out so they could see it in such a beautiful way. So that way, when they pick it up later on in their adulthood to see what's going on, it just seems like a natural conversation. Was that the intention or does that just kind of how it played no. out? It, um, you know, when I got divorced, uh, this was in uh, the fall of 2017, I, I, we decided to get divorced at that, that, that dreadful moment where you finally speak those words. And a week later, that hurricane hit my business. And so, you know, my whole life kind of collapsed in the next couple of months. And then I went into therapy, which I think I described about in the book. I didn't know who to call. So I called like uh, a therapist that we had gone to together for couples therapy because that was the only therapist I knew. And I had walked out after three sessions saying, this is fucking useless. And so <laughs> I called this lady called Marilyn. And I said, you know, I, I can't solve this by myself. I mean, my whole life is just crumbling around me and, and I'm a mess. And um, can you help me? Or, or maybe can you recommend someone? She says, well, why don't you come in for a session? And so I started working with her. And it became like five months, pretty intense. And at some point she said, you know, I want you to journal because you got so much unexpressed emotion in you that I want you to journal, I want you to write it. And, and so I started a little bit, but it was kind of a little bit haphazard. And so I came back to her and I said, well, what if I write a book, you know, because if it's a project, I'm more likely to do it. 
And so really the first two chapters was really about self-therapy and just reliving this whole path that I was kind of going through and what, what happened to me and how this story kind of got dislodged or derailed and, you know, what happened really inside of me. Um, the third part of the book was also intentional um, because I wanted to share some of the things that I found in this spiritual journey of going to retreats and reading books and finding other wisdoms. And, you know, I wanted to share some of that. And so it became memoir help, which originally my publisher told me, you know, you have to be in one lane of the bookstore. You know, you have to be in the memoir section or the self-help section. And I said, well, that's not how that's I've never done life that way. So we're going to create a new category called memoir help. Hmm. And uh, they, they were kind of laughing, but it was self-publishing so I could get away with it. And uh, and they, uh, you know, they helped me do it. Um, so that's why the structure of the book is the way it is. Got it. I really love this conversation for so many reasons. And as a coach myself, I hear this from a lot of people because we offer tools, right? I'm not going to tell you what to do. You try this. If it works, try all these things and see what works for you. I get a lot of feedback about journaling. I get a lot of feedback about meditation. My only insight is that when I was quiet enough, I could hear what was being spoken to me. And so I really encourage everyone to practice getting quiet. And what do they always say? What do you say, David? My mind is so loud. Everything is so loud. Yep. I'm sure that you, Robert, had that similar experience. How did you overcome that? Or how did you yeah. surrender to well, that? Let, let me plug first. I actually have a meditation course that's coming out in about a month and a half. And um, Ooh, plug away. Be an, yeah, be an online course. Uh, it's called 3R Meditation. And uh, anyway, if people will start following me on social media, then, uh, then they'll see the announcement when it comes out. Um, but that's, um, yeah. So, you know, I think there's a couple of, um, things that really help me with meditation. Um, first of all, there's meditation, concentration, and contemplation. Contemplation is kind of the middle between concentration and meditation. And I actually started there because I could find a quiet spot because I have a pita mind, uh, you know, there's Vada, Pita, and Kapha in, uh, in uh, Ayurvedic medicine. And I have a very busy um, creative mind, but it's going nonstop 24 seven. And so I first try to move myself to this contemplative part where there's more silence. There's more, you know, it's kind of where the two hemispheres of the brain kind of connect. Um, meditation was a slow practice for me because I really had to kind of adopt it. And, you know, I found some vehicles like the breath that helped me. Um, I don't necessarily believe you should be, um, my experience. Um, there's a lot of people that get really hung up on, um, on the techniques. And, and I think it's much more fluid than that. I think there's some basics that you can learn, like focusing on your breath or having a mantra. But this silence is just a place, a state that you seek inside of yourself. Uh, and you're never really going to shut your brain off. It's just going to progressively become quieter as it gets used to you finding that space. And I would suggest for people that have an interest in it, start very small. Do like five minutes, do 10 minutes. Because I think a lot of people that start too ambitious, like 20 minutes or a half hour, that 20 minutes or a half hour, if you're not an experienced meditator, is going to feel like nine hours. And your mind is just going to go in, in the like spin mode. 
So do very small little bite sizes, you know, find these little quiet moments. This could be in your car, you're in a traffic jam, or you're waiting for, you know, you're picking up your kid in an activity and you got five or you're five, you're there five or 10 minutes early. Well, instead of going to the sideline and mindlessly talk to the other parents, not that I'm saying that everything is mindless, but you know, maybe stay in your car and grab those five or 10 minutes. Um, there's music and frequencies you can use as well, binaural beats. Uh, I think all those are useful t- tools. Uh, I'm not big on the apps. Uh, I, I don't think they're bad, but these apps, um, that's not real meditation, right? Uh, they're, 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 that's just mind gymnastics, in my honest opinion. Um, so I would, I would stay a little bit away from those. They, they serve as purpose as well, but that's mind gymnastics. That's not meditation. How does that land, David? Yeah, I mean, look, Kim, it's the same thing. It's this, I'm on my journey, right? I started and it's good. I just need to wear myself out first. I have a very different mindset. So if I do some physical activity first, whether that be surfing, hiking, something that's connected with nature in some way, then I'm able to sit and focus. Um, if I'm stuck in my apartment all day, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit more of a struggle. But we know this. This is this is the, it's the same thing. But, but let me, um, David, when you go hiking or you go surfing, you you could be meditating while you're doing that. If you oh, are, for sure. If you are single-mindedly focused on that activity in that moment, you can do this when you do your dishes. When you become single-mindedly focused on surfing, on climbing a mountain, on doing your dishes or whatever, right? That is the same as using a mantra in meditation. Mm-hmm. You're just combining it with a physical activity. Mm-hmm. And so you can do this while you're doing those other things that you enjoy in life. You know, uh, I, I saw a therapist for a long time and she had these buzzers, these hand buzzers, and there was bilateral stimulation and they would buzz to the left and then buzz to the right, a very rhythmic side and a rhythmic motion and this rhythmic side to it that would just help like calm and release as I was talking. And I found the same thing when you hike because it's this bilateral stimulation where it's the left, the right, the left, the right. And it's really helped out a lot. And you're right. It is very meditative. um, The state, the actual side of sitting down though and meditating, that's where, you know, I need to wear myself out first. so, so, So the next time you climb, and you go find yourself at a resting spot, maybe on the top of the mountain, maybe you have an epic view. Instead of trying to meditate, close your eyes and say, what can I hear right now? And maybe mm-hmm. it's a bird, or maybe it's the breeze, uh, the wind blowing through the leaves. And then whatever you focus your attention on, just focus exclusively on that one thing. Now you're meditating. You're quietening your mind. You're finding a state. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, Takes no, time. it's practice, and I'm not perfect at it. Listen, I have a busy mind. I'm, I'm, you know, that alpha guy that crushed the world is still inside of me. You know, that guy didn't die; he just evolved a little bit. But I still have that guy inside of me. I'm still competitive as fuck. I still have fire in me. I still things I want to create. I like, you know, I'm busy. I have ideas. I have, you know, deadlines or you know things I want to produce. I mean, I, I, I live in the same world you do. I'm, I'm no different. I think it's so interesting that this life force that exists within us 
we can use it for so many different things. And it's the same thing, right? It's just how it's intentionally put into the world. It's fascinating. You know, people think, oh, I've got to change. I've got to become this other person. You just have to be yourself with the focus of where where you want that to go, where that energy is. I like keeping my eye on you and what you're doing. I think for me, it's great because I was thinking that too. Hey, cool. There's people out there that are thinking and doing these things. Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, uh, my website is www.robertalthuis.com. That's A-L-T-H-U-I-S.com. Uh, but nobody has a weird name like me, so it's pretty easy to find when you Google it. Um, my book is on Amazon, and uh, I will have a, uh, an audio book coming out very shortly. So that's, I think, about a month away. It depends a little bit on the publisher and Amazon and when that gets released. But for those people that are more interested in an audiobook, it's coming. Uh, I've got several new podcasts and other things that I'm going to do to kind of relaunch that. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at, at Robert Altas. So that's easy to find. I do a little bit of writing on Medium. You can find me at robertaltas.medium.com. And uh, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So it's kind of, you know, the same name everywhere. Uh, but th- those, those are a couple of places where you can find. And on my website, if you sign up, there's uh, something called the Hero's Journey, which is a, I think, a 40, 50 page uh, primer on where I, I really explain and take apart, you know, the process of awakening. Uh, when you sign up, that's uh, that's a that's a freebie that you can get. There's actually some other things that you will get if you get into that email sequence. There's a second ebook that will come to you if you uh, enjoy the first one. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm launching next in a few weeks. One of the things I'm working on here in Costa Rica, I'm launching uh, a blog articles as well. So those are starting to come. If you're on my email list, you'll get them. Otherwise, you'll have to find them uh, when I notify people about it on my Instagram account or something. So. Those are all the places you can find, and you can always reach out, send me a note. Um, you know, I'm happy to hear from people, happy to hear, hear feedback. And, um, you know, and if people want to work with me, uh, that's possible too. Just go on my website. You can book a call with me. It's a personal call with me. It's not some kind of bot that you're talking to. Um, you know, I, I, I really, um, I, I take it serious, and, um, you know, it's my pleasure to work with people, so. We're going to put all that information in the show notes to make sure everybody has it. I want to thank ask, you for your time. Uh, thank you. Ask me something that you would never otherwise ask. There's got to be something. Um, no, I actually, you know, I think the one question that I think I wasn't going to ask was whether or not that the the kids chapter and uh, your ex-wife, I think that was kind of a, a touchy one. I was kind of hesitant on, but I think there was a good segue to it. So I appreciate you uh, giving me the segue in that. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving us space Thank you. Um, yeah. genuinely. So, uh, you know, best of luck to you. I really enjoyed the book. I found it very conversational. I found it a very easy read. It flows magically. Um, I don't say that about a lot because sometimes reading for me, especially ADD kicks in and my mind's all over the place. So I was able to sit down and read all the way through it. Um, and I genuinely appreciate that. So congrats to you. Love Thank the writing you. style. Keep up the good work. Um, I look forward to stalking you on all the social media platforms. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, I'm excited to see all these new programs and things you're putting out because we definitely need it. I mean, this world needs to be fully seen, heard, and loved. That's it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robert, for saying yes. I mean, I, I found the whole thing very 
amusing and entertaining. I think the, I don't know that you invited yourself here. I think I was singing, singing out into the ethers and then you just picked up on it. So well, it's super I really, cool. I really enjoyed it. It was a great conversation and uh, I wish you guys so much luck on your podcast. Thank you for what you guys are doing and these conversations are wonderful. So, If you liked wherever it takes us, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share the episode with someone who you think would like it. Leave us a five-star rating and write a review. We appreciate it.